They have great identity, they're national brands. You found somebody, haven't you? You wanted your force! Say it! Oklahoma State's not going to change what you do because Oklahoma chose to go to the SEC. They need to change what they do because they're the ones that made their mind up to go to the SEC. What is this? What's happening? What Robert is trying to say is that we are getting a divorce. Do this? No. No. I gotta say, I could have called this one. No. Yeah. Is it our fault? Is it because we were bad? Please don't cry like that. Please don't. All Oklahoma had to do was not go to the SEC. So it is what it is. And in Oklahoma's case, I think they were more of what I would call uh, the reluctant bride. Financially, it's the only responsible thing to do. Uh, bottom line, we carried the league financially. Uh, us in Texas with TV money and whatnot. We accelerated Texas and OU withdrawal, which was a win-win for all parties. It's time for one last countdown and a final ride with the Big 12. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it sucked. We kicking this on the, uh, We kicking this thing off. Here we go. Live from the Palace in Piedmont, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 Countdown brought to you by Carter Jennings Law. Now with today's team, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Thank you very much, TJ. Well done. Countdown time brought to you by the Carter Jennings Law Firm. Week one of five, we're going to be counting you down to the number one team in the land, getting us all informed and educated up on the teams in the hunt for this year's College Football National Championship. Two teams unveiled so far. Let's remind you of them. On Monday, it was team number 25. We started in the Big 12 out in Lubbock, Texas Tech. Tyler Shuck back at quarterback. They get Oregon in week Two, Chris Level joined us to talk Red Raiders football on Monday. And then yesterday, team number 24. South Carolina at 24. Spencer Rattler, Shane Beamer, and the boys, they open with North Carolina in week one. Langston Moore, former Gamecock great, now on their radio network, joined us to talk South Carolina yesterday. Which brings us to today. The number 23 ranked team in the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 College Football Countdown is That is the fight song of the North Carolina Tar Heels. That's right. South Carolina's opponent in week 1, North Carolina. Mac Brown and the boys come in at number 23, coming off a 9-5 and five season in which they were looking really good last year until they stumbled down the stretch, losing their final four games, including to Clemson in the ACC Championship and to Oregon by a point in the Holiday Bowl. But 
They got Drake May back and optimism back in Chapel Hill as well. That offense is powerful. Drake May, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, expected to be probably a top two draft pick next year, at least top five. He has running backs big time. The question is, who's he going to throw the ball to this year after Josh Downs left? He plays for my Indianapolis Colts now. But uh, the offense should be good. The problem for North Carolina last year, much like it was South Carolina, is that they couldn't stop anybody. They gave up a ton of points and a ton of yards. They were last in the ACC in points allowed, last in the ACC in yards allowed last year. They have to be better defensively. We'll see if they can be or not. You look at their schedule, it's kind of a bookend look to it. They opened with South Carolina. We talked about how big of a game it is for the Gamecocks. It is an equally as big of a game for the Tar Heels as well in game one. And then you look at the end of the schedule, final two games of the regular season at Clemson, at NC State. In between, you know, pretty easy. App State, Minnesota, Pitt, Syracuse. They do play Miami, but they get them in Chapel Hill. Virginia, Georgia Tech, Campbell, and Duke. Uh, It's the bookends, the top and the bottom of that schedule that are tough. If they could open with a win over South Carolina, we may get to mid-November, and North Carolina is 9-1, and maybe 10-0, and right there, you know, top 10, Talking about potentially contending for a playoff, I don't think they're that good, but their schedule is easy. So if they could get the win over South Carolina, that would really set the table for their season. But brutal close at Clemson, at NC State. They feel they can contend for the ACC championship this year. We shall see. Coming up at the top of the hour, the play-by-play voice of the Tar Heels, Jones Angel is going to join us live, but I think we have a special guest now. TJ, do we have uh, our guest on the line? We do not. Um, will you reach out to? I, I will. Coach? Yes. Okay. All right, very good. Um, this is very exciting. I don't know if we've had a head coach on before in the history of the countdown. Maybe. Maybe uh, Bob uh, came on with us back in the day or somebody, but uh, the great Mac Brown will be uh, joining us live. Hopefully, if we can get through to his uh, secretary and everything, he has agreed to be on with us this morning. Drake May and North Carolina come in at number 20. What a, what a get it was for them to get Drake May back because I think everybody assumed they were going to lose him this year. But right, got to be able there. to stop somebody. and. All right, very good. Mac Brown joins us live now. What a thrill this is. Coach, good morning. We got you at number 23. What do you think? Is that fair? Well, we're just uh, thrilled about it here, Toby, at the University of North Carolina. You know, I said it last year. I said it the year before that, the year before that, and again, the year before that one. We were criminally overrated a year ago. Let's hope we're criminally underrated this year. But Sally sure is pumped up about being ranked 23, Toby. She's got decorations all over the house with the number 23. We've got number 23 napkins, number 23 plates, and even one of those cool flags you put in the garden with the number 23 on it. So we're excited here in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. 
What a woman that Sally is. Uh, speaking of North Carolina, Coach uh, Brown, what do you like more about the state of North Carolina than the state of Texas? Well, we spent 16 great years at the University of Texas. That's a long time. Sally always laughs and says that's four presidential terms. But we love Austin and enjoyed our time there. Uh, however, Toby, a lot of dirty California hippies have moved to the area, so we prefer the state of North Carolina these days. The nickname for Chapel Hill is the southern part of heaven. Sally and yeah. I believe that to be true. Uh, we found us a nice home on Zillow when we got here, and I'm happy hanging my hat here for a long time. Uh, the grandkids are still in Austin. Sally tries to get back once a month. But we love the state of North Carolina, and most importantly, the high school coaches in the area. Yes, you do. You've always loved the high school coaches. <laughs> Wherever you've been, you've loved the high school coaches. Big-time opening game for you, Coach Brown, against Shane Beamer and South Carolina. Drake May against Spencer Rattler. What do you think about the opener against the Gamecocks? Well, the University of South Carolina reminds me of an old Coach Roll quote. He used to say, if you're young and good, that's a good thing. If you're young and bad, that ain't worth a damn. I think the latter of the Gamecocks. Uh, for us, the good news is we almost have our entire team back. The bad news is we almost have our entire team back. It should be a real pillow fight in Charlotte, North Carolina. But I expect Coach Corso to put on our mascot head at the end of college game day. The University of North Carolina 10, the University of South Carolina 7. Wow. You rarely hear coaches predict a game score, TJ. That is a bold step uh, for Coach Brown. I bet Sally's excited about the opener as well. Uh, finally, Coach, I know you're very busy. It's nice of you to take some time out for us. You're 71 years old now. Are you thinking about retirement? How much longer are you going to coach? Well, I'll be 72 coming up in August, Toby. But Sally says my body's like a 57 Chevy. Just has thousands <laughs> of miles on it. I love to coach. I love to make $5 million a year. And I love that I never have to play Oklahoma again in that godforsaken Cotton Bowl. But I would like another shot at Coach Stoops. Therefore, uh, and this is breaking news, I'll be stepping down effective in January at the University of North Carolina to start an XFL team. Mm. Chris Sims will be my offensive coordinator. Gabe Manecki will be my defensive coordinator. We're coming Manecki. for the champs, Toby. <laughs> Gabe Manecki. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, that is breaking news. You heard it here first. This will be the final year for Mac Brown at North Carolina before he starts an XFL franchise. Coach, thank you very much. Good luck against the Gamecocks. Like my good friend Lon Kruger always used to say, thanks, Toby. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. See ya. There you go. Mac Brown. That's uh, beautiful. Mac, you know, how about Sally? She bought uh, uh, 23 napkins Sally. to celebrate. <laughs> Sally was busy with the 23 celebration, yeah. yeah. They uh, must have been tipped off. Did you tip them off? I don't know. Who'd you tell that we were 23? I, I think he's got sources. Obviously, uh, Max got sources. Perhaps Sally's got sources. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a head coach predict a score of his own game before. But believe said second coach we've had on the countdown that I'd have thought about it. Okay. Lou Holtz being the other one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah we did have Lou Holtz on. <laughs> that's right, we did. All Don't right, know thank if he was you, still coach. The coach of the program, but he was on with us. Um, Mac Brown. We'll we'll take a break at the top of the hour. Jones Angel, the play-by-play voice of the Tar Heels, with, with more on our twenty-third ranked team today. Wednesday morning, July twenty-sixth. Toby and TJ back with you. Countdown continues today. We're talking North Carolina football, and it is our great. Pleasure to welcome in now the play-by-play voice of the Tar Heels, the outstanding Jones Angel. Jones, good morning. How are you today, sir? Toby, I'm doing great. 
always good to hear from you. I hope you are doing well. And, uh, man, it's hard to believe this. I feel like this summer has just uh, melted away, kind of literally and figuratively, that we're uh, right here now on the cusp of training camp getting started here in, uh, in a week or so in Chapel Hill and many other places. And so excited to talk a little football. I didn't think about this till right now. Uh, I think we get to see each other in December this year over in Charlotte. I think the Sooners and Tar Heels are playing basketball against each other, right? Yeah, that's right. And that uh, relatively new uh, Jordan Brand Classic, uh, Carolina last year played Michigan in that event. I think you you guys played uh, played Florida, and so uh, they'll shuffle the deck this year and have a game, and it's right before Christmas uh, there in the Charlotte area for Carolina and Oklahoma. Of course, all four of those schools are Jordan Brand schools, and so uh, looking forward to it. Uh, that, that should be a lot of fun. It will be great to see you. TJ, have you decided who you're rooting for in that game yet? Still to be, uh, be determined, yeah. TBA? Okay, very good. Um, Point Jones, I understand it. Yeah, he's a big Carolina guy. My producer is. Uh, I knew I liked TJ. As soon as he called me this morning, I knew I liked him for yeah. some reason. Front runner is another way of saying that, but it's okay. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, football-wise, how are the Tar Heel fans feeling going into this year? Drake May is back. That's exciting. Last year ended with a little bit of a thud, though. So what's the feeling and anticipation going into this year? Yeah, I think that thud was a little louder, at least around Chapel Hill, than, than you think, Toby. It was a disappointing finish to, to last year for sure. I mean, Carolina at one point was sitting there at 9-1 and one and had, at that point, already clinched its half of the ACC. It had just picked up a, a really quality road win at a good Wake Forest team, which is a, a quality place, tough place to play. And, and the Tar Heels really felt good. You know, they, they started... I think especially Tariel fans started really adjusting their expectations at that point. And why not? I mean, certainly you have placed yourself in a terrific position. And then that thud occurred when Carolina lost two games against teams that I do think the Tariels were better than in total, both of them at home. And both of those were really disappointing losses. One was to Georgia Tech, which Carolina was just straight better than. Um, and the Tar Heels didn't play very well in, in that particular game, and Georgia Tech did. Tar Heels were up 17 nothing at one point in that contest and let it slip away. And, and then against NC State, and, and of course when you lose to your rival in overtime on a missed field goal, um, that's not going to sit well, especially when it happens at home. So you had those two slip-ups uh, at the end of the regular season. And then Carolina lost two more games, one in the ACC championship against Clemson, who was better than Carolina last year. And then against Oregon in the Holiday Bowl, another game where the Tar Heels led by two scores in the final quarter, maybe about 10 minutes or so to go, uh, they had a two-score lead and, and, again, saw it slip away at the end. And so it, it really left, I think, a sour taste in a lot of Tar Heel fans' mouths um, for the end of the year, even though in total, 9-5, and five, a division championship in the league, um, some really high-quality wins, particularly early in the year. I think the 10,000-foot view of that is, man, that, that was a not a perfect year, but a pretty good season. Um, but the way it ended has really uh, left this offseason in a little bit of flux. And so I, I think Carolina has a lot to prove early on in this year. They'll get a chance to do it right out of the gate mm-hmm. when they play South Carolina and Charlotte, then Appalachian State and Minnesota at home and back-to-back weeks. That's a tough start. And so um, the Tar Heels will need to play well early, both to be successful and I think to get a little bit more momentum back behind where they want to be. 
Um, I know it's a long answer, Toby, but I'll finish by saying I think the good news is they have a team that can do it. They, they certainly have a quarterback. They have the skill position players to, to be successful. I think there's some question marks on, on the defensive front and the offensive line, more so in just seeing those units perform, not necessarily in, in who's available or the talent there. Um, but, again, they'll get all those opportunities here very early in the season to show that. Well, let's talk about uh, the defense because uh, I, don't, I don't have any doubt, and I think most don't, that uh, Drake May and that offense are going to put up some points, Elijah Green and somebody. They're gonna, who's going to replace Josh Downs? Who's going to be the go-to guy at wide receiver? Yeah, it's a great question, and, and Carolina really hit the transfer portal hard uh, at the wide receiver position. Two guys in particular, Nate McCollum uh, from Georgia Tech is a really good lot guy and that's where Josh Downs was uh, not all the time but a majority of the time uh, he was in the slot position McCollum is not quite the same type of player but still a proven uh, power five level receiver that has put up good numbers at uh, Georgia Tech uh, and the guy they're really excited about is uh, Dantes Walker he, he's coming to Carolina from Kent State and he really is uh, was impressive uh, to the Tar Heels in the spring He's got good size, good speed, good hands. I mean, just checked all the boxes. And so he, he is a different type of receiver than Josh Downs, who really did it more so with just his pure knowledge of the game and um, his ability to get into open spaces and then make guys miss, um, whereas Walker is, is more of a physical uh, specimen out there. And so you mix those two guys in with some good young receivers that Carolina has brought along here over the last few years. And they don't. I don't think the Tar Heels are concerned about what they have at the skilled position spots, even with losing such a quality guy like Josh Downs. They've struggled defensively, um, had a really hard time stopping the run last year. Do you have high hopes? Yeah. Does Mac have high hopes they can be better this year? Well, they've just got to be. I mean, that that's the answer, is for the Tar Heels to get where they want to go, they have to be better on that side of the ball. Because you know, the, the Tar Heels have been – good they, they want to get to that next level they, they want to become very good or great and, and to be able to do that they just have to get better on the defensive side they have recruited very well on that side of the ball but that side that recruit those recruiting rankings as sometimes they do have not showed uh, on the field as much as some of the quality recruiting that the Tar Heels were able to do on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, actually, Toby, yesterday morning spoke uh, or hosted a breakfast in which Coach Brown was, was the keynote speaker. And I thought he said something really interesting on this topic. Is He talked, of course, Gene Chizik is Carolina's defensive coordinator, a name very familiar, I'm sure, to, to, to you and to most people listening. And Coach Chizik had been out of the game for five years. He, you know, he had been – uh, the head coach at Auburn and, and done all these different things and then got out of the game and then was in TV for five seasons before coming back last year. And Coach Brown said that, that Gene Chizik straight told him about halfway through the year that, you know, it, it has taken, he thought it took him several weeks of that season just to catch up to where college football had gotten to in those five years. And, and we see it now. I mean, we see how many more formations there are for an offense, how much faster offensives, uh, offenses go, um, how valuable that, that space of the field, both lengthwise and widthwise, is. And, and even though that was around five, six years ago, it's even more dramatic now. And so 
I think Coach Chizik uh, feels more comfortable now. I think he has a better understanding of what he is uh, going up against. And I feel like the Tar Heels feel like they are better prepared uh, to be better on that side of the ball. I will say, I, I do think Carolina was better than maybe some of the straight stats suggest. Again, that's not to say that the Tar Heels were good enough. But some of those stats really got ugly for some ugly performances early in the season. I do think Carolina's defense got better in the second half of last year, but it still needs to take some steps forward for Carolina to be as good as it thinks it can be. One of the most interesting openers uh, in the country. Game day is going to be there. Prime time, September 2nd, North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, I'm interested in, in that. Rivalry. I guess I'm using the right word there. I think we're all aware of North Carolina, NC State, certainly uh, North Carolina and Duke. Some of that may be more basketball famous than football famous. But what is the nature of the North Carolina, South Carolina series? And then just talk about the matchup a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly an edge to that game. And I think the interesting part about it is they've played each other relatively frequently, and they signed a deal to play each other for, for a handful of games, and, and that's what this game coming up is a part of. But tell me, they've just kind of seen each other randomly at some key moments, I feel like, over the last 10 or 12 years in the history, at least of the Tar Heels. Uh, and most notably was at the beginning of the 2019 season, which was the first season that Mac Brown was back as the head coach of the Tar Heels. And he took a team that, that quite honestly, you know, what was not – super talented, although we found out a little bit later some of those guys like Michael Carter and Javante Williams were going to turn out to be pretty good players. But um, that team had not had a lot of success. You know, it was the transition of the coach. Um, they really were low on talent on the defensive side. And they played South Carolina in Charlotte um, to start the year. And it was a, a pretty stunning victory for the Tar Heels and, and a big one for Mac Brown to catapult this second tenure as the head coach of the Heels. So, They've had some quite, if you're looking at it from the Tario perspective, there have been some really good moments. And then they played South Carolina again in Charlotte in the bowl game and the end of Sam Howell's uh, Tar Heel career in, in a season when the Tar Heels had a lot of hype at the beginning of the year. They lost to Virginia Tech to, to start the season in Blacksburg in the first year back post COVID. And then just uh, that kind of set the tone for the whole year, which was just uh, not much fun for the Tar Heels. And they went out and put an absolute stinker out there. Uh, against the Gamecocks, I think the final, I, I think it was 38-21 South Carolina, but it was not even that close. And, and the Gamecocks were playing basically with a wide receiver at quarterback and just ran the ball every play and ran it right down the Tar Heels' throats. So th there have been some key moments, even just in this second tenure of Mac Brown um, in Chapel Hill against South Carolina. And, and it feels like this is another one. The Gamecocks, of course, have a ton of momentum after a really strong close the season a year ago, including that victory over Clemson at the end of the regular season, um, whereas the Tar Heels even had a better record than South Carolina last year, but they don't seem to have that same momentum right now. So it, it is certainly a rivalry that has become more frequent as of late. There is definitely some heat when these two uh, get together, and, and particularly there in Charlotte. It's, it's a little closer to Columbia than to, uh, to Chapel Hill, but not by much. Uh, both of them are about somewhere between 90 minutes and two and a half hours at max uh, away from Charlotte. So you're going to have 
a bunch of fans for both schools there, and, and it traditionally has been a great atmosphere and, and a pretty heated ballgame. Final question. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, Mac, you know, we uh, have a long and proud tradition of hating all things Texas around here. <laughs> but, you know, Mac was – there's probably some people listening right now that would disagree. I think we all kind of remember – him fondly a little bit because of how entertaining he was and the way he talks and not that you didn't want to beat his socks off when you played him but mac sure. was just fun he was kind of fun you know the bob stoops mac brown showdowns were fun and now he's out in north carolina and i don't know i think there's some folks around here that cheer for mac to have success now i could be wrong but you've worked with him for several years now do you have a favorite moment or an interviewer or maybe it was a, a breakfast like you said or a setting there's something uh, over the last few uh, four or five years with mac uh, a story you could tell us about just i mean he's one of the he's one of the greats and he's certainly one of the unique coaches in college football yeah you know Toby, i don't know if i have one story i'll i'll kind of get a winding road here and, and finish it up because i know you guys are on time but i to me, what's been so fun to watch, and, and I'm dating myself here a little bit, but in Mac in Mac Brown's first tenure in Chapel Hill, you know, that's when I was, you know, right in that perfect age of like, you know, just young Tar Heel fan, living yeah. and dying with with every game that was happening, and, and young enough that that it, it was still okay to just be all in, but old enough to understand with what was happening out there on the field, and and I grew up with Mac Brown as the head coach of Carolina football all the way to my freshman year at Carolina, which was Mac's last season in his first tenure uh, with the Tar Heels, when he had gotten the Tar Heels from one in 10 in his first two years, not just one season of one in 10, but back to back one in 10 seasons to then all of a sudden when they were not just one of the best teams in the league, but they were one of the five teams, uh, four or five best teams in the country in his final season in Chapel Hill. So it has just been so much fun for me to get an opportunity to work with him now in this second reclamation project with Carolina. And, and the Tar Heels were not in as difficult a spot the second time around as they were the first time around. But what it has shown me is just how uniquely compatible Mac Brown is with Carolina football. Toby, I'm not sure anybody else could have come in the way that Mac Brown did and turned the Tar Heels' fortunes as quickly as he did. He just understands the place. His personality fits here. Um, and he has done a terrific job. And so I get the question all the time in these types of interviews. You know, how much longer does Mac have? I have no idea. He's really enjoying doing it. Is he on the older side of things? Of course. He's over 70. But he really enjoys it. I think he is enjoying taking a leadership role, not just at Carolina, but on a national level uh, with college football as best he can with some of these really challenging things that we have going on uh, in the sport right now, trying to find our way uh, moving forward over the next five, six, seven years. And uh, I think he really enjoys that. And I'll say, I saw him yesterday, he's dropped 40 pounds this summer. So he wow. looks great. I think he's feeling great. Um, and I think he really enjoys the position that he's in, both at Carolina and in total in the game of college football. North Carolina, South Carolina, primetime September 2nd. That's how the season starts for the Tar Heels. He's Jones Angel, play-by-play voice for UNC. Jones, I'll see you in December in Charlotte. Thanks, bud. Looking forward to it, Toby. Always enjoy the time. Hope you're doing well. Thanks, friend. There you go. Jones Angel, I didn't have the heart to tell him, Teach, that uh, 
Mac broke the news on our station earlier today that he'll be retiring at the end of the season. <laughs> didn't want to tell him about the XFL. I didn't want to show him up. I didn't want to show him. He'll figure it out. He'll find it out. Break time, North Carolina at 23.